D F S. It is Friday, November 11th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 10 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, Jared Smola. Jared, normally we're doing this in the middle of Friday. I had some other stuff for work today come up earlier in the day, so we're pushing back. Uh, kids off of school. It's been definitely a little bit different Friday for me, but I feel ready to run through the slate we've got. It's an interesting slate, I think. It is kind of ugly, but um, I think sometimes the ugly ones are where you have more of an edge and you kind of have to play those uh, guys that might not be so comfortable. That's a, I, I think that's what's interesting about it is a lot of times, you know, we'll go into the lineup generator. At least that's my first step in getting ready for the show. And I look at the values and I'm like, OK, that guy's obvious. That guy's obvious. Let's see who else I should mention this time. It's like, oh, it's not not yeah. a whole lot of obvious. And the other thing is the obvious. Uh, there's always obvious guys. But if you try to stack up the obvious guys, then the salary disappears pretty quickly in this one. So there are going to be some ways to deal with that that I think we're going to talk about as we go through every position. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I think it's I think it's a good running back slate, but um, it's tough at wide receiver, and it's you know tough to get different as far as your your stacks go. But let's let's get into it. As always, we start at cash quarterback, and I wonder, Jared, this is normally the part where you're like, I'm probably going to play Josh Allen, or I'm not playing <laughs> Josh Allen this week. Now the yeah. Bills are like, ah, oh, we might play Josh Allen, but we might not play Josh Allen this week. So, is it Patrick Mahomes for you in cash, or are you going down into the slums? I'm not going slumming. I'm going in the middle with Justin Fields. I do think Mahomes is viable. I'll talk about Fields. And if you want to go cheap, I do think Trevor Lawrence is okay. Um, just for the $5,400 price tag. I just I just think he's going to throw it 40 plus times. He does have some rushing ability. So I think Lawrence is worth messing around with. The way I'm building my cash lineup though now, Fields is the one that fits at 6,500 bucks. Up 1,200 from last week, which, you know, tells you how big of a value he was last week. I, I I don't think he's overvalued here. I think this is kind of where he should be priced at this point, especially for this matchup. Uh, 24.4, 26, and then obviously, you know, 46 DraftKings points last week. We're looking for the, you know, 24 to 26 points of that at this price tag. That'd be plenty. Um, we're getting the rushing, obviously. 12.3 carries per game over the last three for Justin Fields. Eight designed runs per game. So, you know, to me, that makes the rushing production even more bankable when, you know, they're designing stuff. Uh, you know, to get fields, uh, the ball on the ground. And then the matchup against Detroit, uh, 26th in both football outsiders run and pass defense DVOA. The Bears have the third highest implied total on the main slate at 25.75 points. So, you know, the, the bookmakers, at least uh, in this matchup, are, are buying into this Bears offense. Yeah, I, I'm so happy to be part of the Justin Fields breakout right now. It's an enjoyable time. And you mentioned the salary's up, but he's still $1,400 cheaper than Patrick Mahomes. It's a lot closer than that on FanDuel, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, it's it, Justin Fields is squarely in play here. You certainly can play him naked. Are you going to play him that way or play him with Darnell Mooney? Cash first, but then we can talk about his tournament viability. Yeah, cash. It's definitely just Fields. Um, you know, neither of those other guys, and no one else on the Bears pops as a strong value. And if you do play him in tournaments, I think he's definitely viable. You know, by himself, uh, Mooney's the guy I'd play him with if uh, I'm looking to stack up Fields in, in a tournament. Yeah, I think the ownership rate gives you a little bit of pause. The projection, if you look in the lineup generator, um, on Justin Fields, just because. You know, he's running hot right now, but yeah. if he doesn't score a rushing touchdown, it could be a lot different game. That said, I think that the upside on this particular QB slate with Josh Allen looking very iffy with Jalen Hurts not on the slate, I think it makes sense to ignore the ownership projection on him and chase the upside that's there. 
Yeah, he's definitely valuable in tournaments. I think I'm going to go for the fields fade, though, in tournaments. Um, talk about the guys I'm playing instead. But, uh, you know, the, the argument against fields is the ownership. There's really no mm-hmm. other argument against them. Right. On the cash side, I'm going to roll with Trevor Lawrence at 5,400. I certainly know that he's a risk going in. and He's definitely not a, a, a clear hit at any salary, but that salary is still low because of him not being hit. We know that he can outperform it. And this Chiefs matchup is good. The Chiefs are the seventh most friendly defense to QB scoring by our adjusted fantasy points allowed on the season. They have faced the second most pass attempts in the league. They have allowed the second most touchdown passes. They have grabbed the sixth fewest interceptions. So greater chance that Trevor Lawrence is throwing more greater chance that he's not throwing picks, although he has a way of making bad defenses good in that area. Their mid pack and sack rate. Trevor Lawrence is coming off his best pro football focus passing grade of the season. That also followed two of his three worst passing grades. So he's not necessarily on a hot streak right now, but there's at least good in the most recent exposure to him. So we know that that's there. So again, salary plus situation. I I like Trevor Lawrence to start out my cash lineup. Yeah. I'm hoping last week is the start of a hot streak for Lawrence. Um, I, I love this Chiefs-Jaguars game for tournaments. I'm going to be playing both sides of it, Mahomes and Lawrence with runbacks from the other side. A lot of these guys are just good values. If you look at our lineup generator, Christian Kirk is a good value. Juju Smith-Schuster is a good value. Travis Kelsey's a guy I'm always just trying to get into tournament lineups because I think if he does go for you know 28, it's such a big advantage over the rest of the tight end group if, if you can get one of those games out of him. This, this is also the fastest paced game of the week. Kansas City sixth in situation neutral pace and the Jacksonville Jags are 10th in neutral pace. So um, and it has the highest over under on the week too, 51 points. So I, I like, um, again, b- both sides of this game for tournaments. Yeah, you could try to get it a little different by playing Trevor Lawrence with Kelsey, maybe Kelsey and Juju. And you kind of you try to absorb all of the Mahomes passing upside, but still get different at quarterback. Uh, you know, we can talk about some of the Jaguars. You mentioned some of the names, but outside of that game, I think at tournament QB, a couple guys that I'm considering at least Jacoby Brissett at 5,400 is interesting. I'm not sure how often I would go to him, but somebody to stick in a couple of spots. The Dolphins are tied for the third most friendly QB scoring matchup on the season. We've got Amari Cooper coming in at sub 10% ownership, despite a strong production profile to this point. The matchup's just been good for passing and for shootout situations, high scoring uh, potential games there. So I like Jacoby Brissett as, you know, a very sneaky few lineup guy. I think Dak Prescott more so is going underplayed. He's projected to go underplayed, at least 3% projected ownership. And I know we've talked about this might be a slow-paced game. This might be a game where Dallas leans on the run, but especially if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't end up playing or if he's limited, I could see Dallas leaning more toward the pass. I don't think there's any trepidation on their part about leaning toward Dak Prescott. We've got CeeDee Lamb in single-digit ownership projection. We've got Dalton Schultz in single digits at 3,800 in salary on here. He's got five-plus catches in two straight games. So I think that there's some real sneaky upside to the Dallas pass offense. Yeah, tournament's a place to take a shot on, like, you know, what if Dallas decides to go pass for some reason? Or what if they go around heavy and Dak just gets, you know, all four of their touchdowns for, for you know, for, for whatever reason. So I like that call. The Cowboys have the fourth highest implied total on the main slate. The ownership is nice there. I like the uh, Brissett call. That's, you know, Browns-Fins is another game where you can stack up both sides of it, I think. Um, I, I'm going to play, I think, at least one Tua lineup. We're almost at the point where I think you just play a Tua lineup every week, like just the <laughs> upside. He and that offense have shown, uh, you know, Tyree Kill's expensive. Jalen Waddle's more affordable, but you can, you know, definitely go for the double stack there. And then, like you said, I think Cooper 
and Donovan Peoples Jones, I think, are, are pretty good values on the other side of that game. So it's another game where you know the, the stacks the stacks kind of come together pretty easy in that one. It might even be a tight end to talk about from that game as we get down to that position. But for now, we'll take a different avenue and go to running back. Where to me, Jared, it looks like Saquon Barkley over Derrick Henry this week. What do you think? Yeah, I'm leaning that direction, um, especially you know on DraftKings with the full PPR. Uh, you're paying 300 extra bucks for Barkley. You know, Henry's matchup's good. Barkley's matchup is the best matchup for running backs right now. You know, Houston's basically dead last in any metric against the run. Um, we've seen Josh Jacobs have a huge game against them. You know, Miles Sanders had a decent game against them last week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Saquon Barkley seems about as safe as you can get at running back. Yeah, Houston is not only the friendliest running back defense by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. They're adding 37% scoring to opposing running backs. That's 11 percentage points ahead of the next most friendly. That's a lot larger than the gap between number two and the several defenses behind it. So it's a tremendous matchup. Texans opponents are also running at the highest rate versus expected. So they're encouraging opponents to run the ball and Denver for that Derrick Henry matchup has been a negative matchup for running back scoring. It's not a spot where I'm worried about Derrick Henry at all, but if we're, you know, comparing at the top and trying to pick one of the two expensive guys, it's just, it, it's Saquon Barkley for me. It, almost, it seems like Denver is a negative scoring matchup for running backs because their pass defense is so good, just kind of limits offenses production in general. Cause as we talked about on the yesterday show, their run defense actually hasn't been good. So, you know, if Tennessee can, lean on Henry, get him his, you know, 20, 25 carries. I do think he'll have a nice game. It's, it's, it's tough though, to fit Henry and Barkley in a cash lineup. I mean, you'd have to play Trevor Lawrence to make that happen. I like Alvin Kamara. You know, you're saving about a thousand bucks off uh, Barkley and Derrick Henry. It didn't result in big fantasy production last time out because the Saints just laid a total egg in that game against Baltimore. But Kamara's role got even better with Mark Ingram out. He played 88% of the Saints offensive snaps, ran her out on 75% of the pass plays that's, you know, that's like elite elite territory as far as, you know, participation goes. So if, if the saints don't, you know, lay a total lag again, I think Kamara is going to, going to bounce back with a big game against the Steelers who are actually dead last in football outsiders run defense DVOA over the last five weeks. Yeah. And Monday was the first time since week one where he didn't do terrifically in terms of opportunities. So I don't think we have to worry about that being a trend. It was just a one game thing. I also like Damian Pierce on the other side of the Saquon Barkley game, 6,300. So we get some salary help there. The giants are six and two, but they're outscoring opponents by (laughs) 0.8 points per game. So they're playing close games. They're not likely to push Houston out of running the ball, especially if they're going Barkley heavy on their side. Pierce has had 20 plus opportunities in every game since week three, three plus catches in four straight games before Thursday night against the Eagles. So you might look at that and say, oh, they weren't throwing him the ball in that game where they lost by double digits. That game was closer than that for a lot of it. Plus, he was just getting whatever he wanted on the ground. He carried 27 times in that one. And frankly, if he gets a 27 carries in this one and zero targets, I'll be okay with it, even on DraftKings, as it probably means that he's going over 100 yards. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd call Pierce game script proof, but like he he's not he's someone like a Nick Chubb where we need to worry about him, you know, getting phased out if they if they do fall behind. He, he's going to contribute in the passing game. So yeah, P- Pierce is the third guy I'm I'll be using in cash this week. And we got to use him up now before he hits that rookie wall. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> On the GPP side, this is where I like Alvin Kamara a little bit better because I'm leaning toward the other guys over there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I'm playing around with it and he fits with Barkley and Pierce, then I'm certainly using him as well. $900 cheaper than Derrick Henry, $1,200 cheaper than Saquon Barkley, even $200 cheaper than Josh Jacobs. So I like him for that and all the other reasons you mentioned. I think Dalvin Cook might come in 
under owned here at 8,000 bucks. So he's not going to be a sneaky value, but 4% projected ownership. The bills have been a tough defense for the season overall over the past two weeks, though, they're only 22nd in run defense DVOA. They've got a bunch of injuries that they're dealing with and perhaps as important, maybe more important. If the bills don't have Josh Allen, then there's not quite that scoring pressure that can push an offense out of running the ball. Yeah, I like the Cook call. He he's he's tough to click on on DraftKings at that price. Um, th- that close to Henry and Barkley, you know, that much more than Kamara, Travis Etienne. Um, he's at, he's priced lower on Fanduel. I'll talk about him on that show. I think he's a you know better play there, and he's still going to be low owned on Fanduel. Um, but I definitely like the call. As usual in tournaments, I'm not going to get too crazy at running back. I'm going to play the guys who I think are the best plays. We've talked about them all. You know, I think Etienne is a great play. Th- this could be a game where Etienne does damage in the passing game, which we really haven't seen lately. It's, you know, been the big rushing production, but you know, it's again, the game, the Jags probably play from behind. Uh, the chiefs have allowed the most running back catches and the third most running back receiving yards. Football outsiders has them 26th and running back coverage. So again, it could be a big uh, receiving day for ETN. The one guy I might go a little bit off the board with at running back is David Montgomery. Um, he's, he's 6,000 bucks coming in at 7% projected ownership. Um, as we talked about on yesterday's preview show, you know, he, he's still been the clear lead guy in this backfield as far as snaps go. Like, you know, Montgomery's played 70 plus percent of Chicago's offensive snaps in four of the past five games. Um, he's averaging 14.2 carries and 2.0 targets per game over that span. Probably need a bit more than that for him to like deliver as a tournament play, but I definitely think that's possible with the Bears' favorites here against the Lions. Lions, obviously, a good matchup uh, for Montgomery on the ground. Plus, Montgomery gives you some leverage on the Justin Fields teams, right? Like, if, if the rushing touchdowns go to Montgomery instead of Fields, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're, you know, double, double scoring there. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's the worry is Justin Fields is doing the scoring on the ground, but he's not going to score all of the touchdowns on the ground. And if this team scores four times or even three times in this game, there's room for both of those guys to find the end zone. Yeah. Tony Pollard, I think, is one other guy to bring up. We're waiting to see if Zeke's going to play. They said he's questionable officially. They said it's key what he's doing in Saturday's practice. To me, it really looks like they're going to at least limit Zeke because I know I, I saw, I forget if it was a coach or if it was Jerry Jones saying that they don't want him to get to the point. I think it was Mike McCarthy. They don't want Zeke to get to the point where he was with his knee last year, where he was playing through this knee injury that was clearly inhibiting him. So it might be even better for Pollard in tournament now purposes. If Zeke does play, because then we're not going to get the double digit ownership with that. We I'm sure will if Zeke is inactive for this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, it, it was Zeke. Zeke on Wednesday, right? Said, you know, he's kind of looking towards the long game. I think he said Jerry Jones has been the one like, yeah, Zeke's going to play. Zeke's going to play. Hopefully yeah. Jerry doesn't uh, push him out there when he shouldn't be out there. But yeah, good, good matchup for the Cowboys running game. Packers run D was bad to begin with. They're missing Rashawn Gary and Devondre Campbell for this game. So definitely a good spot for whoever's getting the carries. On to wide receiver. If we're saving salary to pay up at other spots, especially running back, Jared, wide receiver looks like the place for me to do it this week. And, yeah. you know, like along with just what's there and the matchups for the wideouts, all the QB injury questions that we have are dinging some of the other, maybe not quite top shelf, but second shelf guys and just making it easier to look at mid to even low end um, wide receivers who are getting enough opportunity to get into the lineup and, and pair with those high dollar running backs. Is that who you're starting with in cash? Are you looking for those cheaper guys or do you have an expensive guy to start with? No, all my cash game wide receivers are under 6K. I'm just looking for, you know, target safety and relative safety safety at a cheaper price tag. So Christian Kirk for me, um, you know, kind of hit a 
like a two game lull in weeks, what was it, five, five and six, but the last three weeks, 10, seven, and nine targets, a 24.5% target share over that span. Again, we expect more passing than usual out of the Jags as they, you know, probably play catch up against the Chiefs. So I like Christian Kirk. I like Rondell Moore, 5,200 bucks. I mean, we have four games of Rondell Moore this season as Arizona's primary slot receiver. He's gone eight targets, 10 targets, eight targets, 10 targets in those four games. I mean, you know, give me eight targets at this price. I'm happy. Moore missed the first game against the Rams, but Greg Dorch, who was, you know, playing the Rondell Moore role in that game at that point, nine catches for 80 yards on 10 targets. So if I can get that out of Rondell Moore, I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah. And he's somebody that I would still use, even if it's Colt McCoy over Kyler Murray, because if Colt McCoy is in there, uh, that guy in the slot on those shorter routes is going to be a nice thing to find with Aaron Donald bearing down. For sure. Other guys that I like in that range, George Pickens, 5,000 bucks against the Saints, who will be without Marshawn Lattimore again at corner. Pickens had six plus catches in three of the four games before the Philly matchup where he got blanked. Now Chase Claypool's gone. This is the first game since that trade. So his target outlook should only be better for this one. Zay Jones, I think, is in play 4,400 in that matchup with the Chiefs. He's tied for tied with Amari Cooper for 24th among wideouts in receptions per game. So he's been a decent enough bet four catches at the price that he comes at and Donovan Peoples Jones, not as safe a target bet, but at 4,300, he does have four plus catches in five straight games. And I mentioned, this is a game where I think we're going to get something along the lines of a shootout. Maybe the dolphins jumping ahead. Dolphins opponents are passing at the fourth highest rate over expected for the season. So I think there's a good chance that DPJ gets extra targets. Even if he doesn't, he has been efficient. And I think he's solid at that 4,300, maybe comfier for attorney lineup, but I think enough to get into a cash lineup if I'm looking for that salary savings. Yeah. Uh, DPJ is who I have as my third wide out in cash right now. Um, I think Zay Jones is viable. I don't want to play Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Yeah, um, so I'm going to I'm going to go with DPJ. Um, like you said, four plus catches in five straight 6.2 targets per game over that span. Um, he has 11.6 plus DK points in four of his last five. Like that's kind of all we need at this price tag. So you, you got to save money somewhere. And I think uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a good place to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning toward the same group of guys that we talked about for the tourney side to save that money and try to get those higher dollar uh, running backs into my lineup so I can mine them for upside, especially because, you know, a lot of times if you're paying down, you're like, I hope this guy gets to five catches. But, you know, George Pickens, Rondell Moore, we've seen the volume upside. George Pickens has the big play upside. So yep. DPJ has the downfield upside. So we're not talking about guys with low ceilings that we hope just get to the certain mark. We're talking about guys that have high ceilings that can make the difference for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, as I you know, mentioned before, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is worth considering in tournaments. McCall Hardman is out on Sunday. You know, he, he'd been playing a bigger role, so that, that leaves behind some targets for you. Know, maybe Juju picks up an extra Darius Tony too. season. Oh, man. What is, he, what, is he, what is he priced at? I haven't even looked at I definitely He's didn't 5K. look at He's 5K. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I'd pro- I probably I won't be able to get to him at 5K. No, um, shouldn't. I like I'm on Ross St. Brown for tournaments. You know, he hasn't had a big game since week two now. It feels like forever ago. He was obviously he had all the injury stuff. He's come back the last two weeks. You know, again, he hasn't had big games, but he's seen 27 and then 35 percent of Detroit's targets. And he's still seeing massive target shares. And then he has this matchup against Bear slot corner Kyler Gordon, who is allowing the most yards per coverage snap this season. So. I think St. Brown is, you know, due for a big game if he keeps getting that type of target share. 
Yeah, all five games where he has topped 32% snap share, he has seen at least nine targets. So if we believe in that matchup, if we believe that the Bears have the scoring upside this week, uh, it's an easy play. It's one of those where you're like, even if he doesn't have this huge game, he's not going to be the one that kills me. He's going to be the guy sitting there with, you know, 12 to 14 PPR points. That's enough to get me where I need to go. And the fact that he hasn't had the big games is keeping that salary down. In a similar range, I think Amari Cooper, who I mentioned with Jacoby Brissett, 6,500 is in play. Even if you don't want to play Brissett, there's plenty of upside to him in that matchup with Miami. Jerry Judy at 5,700 against Tennessee is interesting. Chris Olave, 6,800 against the Steelers has that high ceiling if they hit some deep stuff with him. Jerry Judy, I want to just mention for Denver that I'm a little bit more interested. I would normally be completely off on Denver. But Tennessee's missing several defensive starters, most notably Jeffrey Simmons up front, who's key to not only their run defense, but their pass rush. So that could make it a very different matchup for the Denver offense. Yeah, it it didn't make my chic. It'd be like a Millie maker play for me. But I do think a Russell Wilson double stack with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. They're all they're all pretty cheap. I mean, Sutton and Judy are both under six K. Russell Wilson's fifty nine hundred. I know it's it's a you know, but it's going to be so low owned. Um, You know, it is it is it is a spot where, you know, maybe. Denver's passing game gets going. I don't know. I, really make I, her own. I just threw up a little. <laughs> um, g- going back to the Chiefs real quick, though, I was just looking through these prices. Sky Morris, minimum price, 3K. Like, again, if you're in a bigger tournament, it might be worth a look. MBS is 4,100. Um, you know, we know he's going to be a full-time player. The targets haven't been there lately. But, you know, again, with Hardman out, those looks got to go somewhere. So it might be worth a, a look. Yes, MVS is the one that I would go to as a, hey, why not? Let's see what happens. There's only been eight targets over the past three games. But like you said, he's still been on the field. He was 71% snap share last time out. So Patrick Mahomes has told us it's going to be different guys at different times. So we shouldn't be shocked if there is one more MVS week at some point. Tight end for cash, Jared. Who you like? Greg Dalsich, um, yes. 3400 bucks, another spot right. we can save money. There, there's other viable um, cheaper tight ends this week. You know, Foster Moreau is 3200 bucks, but I definitely prefer – Dalsich, um, 5.7 targets on a 16% target share over his first three NFL games. Uh, you know, he's, he has 11 plus DraftKings points in all those games. Coming off the bye now, you know, maybe he's even more comfortable in the offense. And Tennessee is good against most positions, but they're 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. So it's definitely a spot where, you know, Denver might look to, to feature Dalsich in the passing game. Yeah, it hasn't been a monster target share so far. It's been good enough, certainly, for tight end. It hasn't been a monster, but just the way that they threw him immediately into the lineup, his playing time has immediately been high. They're throwing him stuff downfield. It tells me that they like him. They think he's important to their offense. At 3,400, I love it. Um, The second longest average depth of target among starting tight ends in the league so far. He's over 15 yards per catch. And the Titans defense leading the league in pushing offenses to throw. So they're the first... opponents of Tennessee are tops in the league in pass rate over expected. So we'll see if that changes with Jeffrey Simmons, not around, but you know, it's not going to hurt things for the Denver pass catchers. Russell Wilson, triple stack. Oh God. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that the ceilings there on him, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take his pieces. That's why if you want to bet on Russell Wilson this week, just play some Jerry Judy or Greg Dulcich. By the way, Mike Kliss told us well, it was back in August that like, you know, Dalsich was the guy Denver wanted to feature. It was not Alberto. So if you listen to that podcast, hopefully you, you know, maybe got some Dalsich in best ball leagues and then were able to, to pick him up a few weeks ago. Yeah. You mentioned the other viable guys. I think this GPP side is where I would consider the other 3K tight ends because Dalsich is carrying the highest ownership projection at tight end right now in the lineup generator on Draft Sharks. 
Uh, Foster Moreau, 3,200 against the Colts. Evan Ingram, 3,300 against the Chiefs. Feel better about him since there's no injury designation for that game. Dalton Schultz, I already mentioned, but I think you can play him even without Dak Prescott. And then the one I teased is Harrison Bryant at 2,700 bucks against the Dolphins. Zero targets the last time out, <laughs> but 74% playing time. So he was out there just a 42% route rate. So yeah. we'd like to see that change. Obviously, it's not somebody who I'm saying is definitely going to be heavily involved, but if we do get a shootout, we might get more Harrison Bryant on the field. He has been more of a receiver than a blocker all along. 2700 bucks. If he gets to five targets and does anything, it's a win. He's he's on my sheet here. I, I, I'm actually surprised you mentioned him because, you know, I, I was kind of excited about him two weeks ago with the joke about because I do think Bryant's a, a good pass catching tight end. Um, you know, super disappointing role and usage for him in that game. But like it's one game like the Browns could come up with a different game plan here um and they probably should because miami's been bad against tight ends all season so you know brian probably should be more involved in the passing game in this one so i definitely think i, I probably wouldn't use him as like a one-off but again in your browns dolphin stacks i think you know he's a good guy to to chuck in there anybody else you got for gpp tight end yeah i like ingram full practice on friday off the injury report so the back thing that limited him in the second half last week should not be a problem again i like this game in general the chiefs have not been good against tight ends um then again on the other side of the game travis kelsey the, the, the jags are dead last in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings so you know you don't have to make an argument for kelsey but um i do think um getting up to him because it's not comfortable to get up to him like it makes the rest of your lineup tough but i think you know that's what keeps keeps his ownership relatively in check in tournaments yeah, like I said, I, Greg Dulcich is ahead of him in ownership projection right now. So if that's if that winds up being true, then that adds to Kelsey. And I mean, he's the one guy where if he scored three touchdowns Sunday, you'd be like, right. oh, yeah, that's not shocking. Nobody's going to bet on it, but it wouldn't be shocking. Exactly. Defense. It's pretty simple for me this week, Jared. It's tough for me to get away from the two Vikings for twenty two hundred bucks against Case Keenum. If it's Case Keenum, if it's Josh Allen, not so much the Vikings. Cardinals 2,700 versus John Walford. Cause I'm not assuming that Matthew Stafford's going to be in there. And that I, I don't think I'm going away from those two because of the price and because of the upside. Yep. I'm with you there. Tournaments and cash. You know, I'll be, I'll be starting with the Vikings and cash. Hopefully I can stay with them. If it is case game, if not, I'll have to get my way up to Arizona for tournaments. I like Pittsburgh at 2,800. Um, you know, it's Andy Dalton. They're getting TJ Watt back, right? Is that confirmed? Or we just, we think he's going to be back. Last I saw, he said he's going to play. I haven't seen anybody yeah. say anything otherwise. So, I mean, you know, that, that alone, it, you know, kind of gives the Steelers defense upside again, getting TJ Watt back. Um, and then Tennessee, I've, I, t- I've talked up Russell Wilson here, but um, I do think the Titans defense, you know, it's, it's still a talented unit, even with the injuries. Denver still has the lowest implied total on the main slate, lower than the Colts, lower than the Texans. So, you know, Vegas still respects this, this Titans defense. And, you know, Russell Wilson throughout his career has been a high sack rate guy. So there's upside here. The week one game that TJ Watt was a part of is literally the only game this season that Pittsburgh has had a good pass defense DVOA performance. See, if you look at the game by game on football outsiders, that game is like minus 36%. And then beyond that, it's strongly positive. And that's, you know, that's how they measure it. Negative is good for defense. Positive is bad for defense. It's, it's amazing. Just, that's, that's been the difference. There've been other guys that missed time here and there along the way, but that's the only thing that changed week one versus everything else. Saints are also going to be missing their center and one of their guards on Sunday. So yeah, that helps the matchup for Pittsburgh. 
as a dinged up team this season. That's going to do it for the week 10 DraftKings podcast. You can head over to draftsharks.com now, play around with our lineup generator, build your own lineups for playing on DraftKings, on FanDuel, on Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for both cash and tournament entries on DraftKings this week. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.